to uh, Mexico and our man in Mexico uh, is John Bonfilio. John, uh, a very good evening to you. Good evening. How are you doing? You all right? Good. All the better for hearing about West Ham's recent uh, predicament. <laughs> <laughs> Fully contextualised. <laughs> Fully contextualised. <laughs> yeah, and it, we would still be doing it if I hadn't uh, just uh, said goodbye to tennis at that point. But we always like to hear about West Ham. Um, while we, you've mentioned you've mentioned football there, uh, the Colombian player James Rodriguez is uh, is off to Everton. Um, it was a fairly logical move for Carlo Ancelotti, who's uh, managed him before. But I gather from you that um, it's a sort of underwhelming. Uh, Latin American football supporters and Fastino Asprilla, who we remember with uh, with great affection playing here at Newcastle, uh, he said that Rodriguez does everything backwards. What does he mean by that? Um, I think he, he, he basically means that Everton was a, the kind of side that, um, that Rodriguez should have uh, begun with on his way uh. up the, the chart, rather than you know choosing this this club as a, as a gradual descent. I mean, Rodriguez really should be the at the peak of his powers and certainly as you say the the viewpoint here is what why is he going there now i mean he is um he's very well known and well regarded across latin america but in colombia is absolutely an icon was colombia's most expensive player in history when he when he moved to real madrid and it, and is absolutely still you know revered and adored there and the whole nation when they heard about the move to uh, to everton just kind of yeah, looked quizzically on as though they'd They'd, um, they'd misread the news, and, and apparently, um, Fastino Esprit has gone on to say that apparently the, the word on the street is that it was too cold for him in uh, at Bayern, but he th reckons that it's even colder in Liverpool than it is in Germany, so he's not going to like it there very much. No, I mean, he's not going to be basking in the sunshine at uh, Goodison, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, however, I suppose the, the, the argument is he's gone to Everton because of Carlo Ancelotti. And, they, you know, they do seem to be building something at Everton. And, uh, you know, maybe he wants to be part of, part of that rather than being a, a smaller fish somewhere like uh, Bayern or uh, Real Madrid. Who knows? But uh, not a bad move for him. And I think a very good move uh, for, uh, for Everton. Uh, now, th th let's talk a wee bit about uh, COVID and uh, this vaccine that's been developed by Russia, who seem to be sort of jumping the gun on uh, on this. You know, they, they want to burst with the vaccine and you worry that it's not going to be fully effective, it's not going to be fully tested. Uh, but Venezuela are stepping, or at least the uh, president, Maduro, wants the Venezuelans to step in and test this vaccine for the Russians. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, he actually said he was going to be first in line for the vaccine. And then <laughs> since then, he's gone a little bit more quiet. And now he's volunteering 500 of his citizens to be uh, to be tested uh, ahead of him. Essentially, really, it's a foreign policy move for Venezuela. I mean, as as we've spoken about before, Venezuela is something of a of a pariah state, has very few allies internationally, is you know suffering massive uh, food shortages, oil shortages, power cuts, um, etc., hyperinflation, and is just trying to keep the few remaining allies that it has. And so in an international context, when Russia releases this, this vaccine, whether it's fully prepared or not, Venezuela's and, and Nicolas Maduro, the president, be particularly interested in whether it is or not. He's just kind of cozying up to, to that power and basically, I guess, kind of currying favor to continue the billions of dollars of bank loans that, that Russia is and has afforded Venezuela over the course of, of the last few years. But certainly, yeah, that's been in the news recently there, as well as the, 100 plus people that 
Maduro and the regime in Venezuela have, have pardoned over the course of the last few days with an eye to the upcoming legislative elections in, uh, in Venezuela, which are for the National Assembly, the only remaining legislative body in Venezuela that Maduro doesn't control. So he's kind of trying to just ease the path a little bit. On the one hand, destroy, continue destroying the opposition, but on the other hand, kind of try and bring in some of the, um, if there is anybody left really in the middle ground, um, to vote for him and to, to assume control of, of the National, National Assembly going forward so, he, forward so he doesn't have any thorns left at all in his side. Yeah. I mean, what's the situation regarding COVID at the moment? Because I know the figures were rising quite dramatically in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, I would say that they, uh, they're still um, exponential and still very high, but the, but the growth has slowed a little bit. I mean, even in Brazil and in Mexico, it's it's slowed. So um, they're very much still in the, you know, the top 10 of, of, of countries in terms of, you know, the, the, the numbers of confirmed infected and certainly Mexico um, third in terms of, you know, um, overall deaths. But it does seem as though there's, there's the beginning of a of a curve, uh, of a flattening of the curve, um, so, the, so the saying goes. Yep, well, that's good news. Uh, now, um, paleontologists who are working to uh, preserve the skeleton of a mammoth that's been discovered um, at the place where they're building uh, the new airport in Mexico City. Um, uh, and this is quite a find, isn't it? And it's, it's not the first one. There's all sorts of, uh, of fossils they're finding there. You're absolutely right. It's not one mammoth. It's 200 plus mammoths that have been disinterred at this former lake bed north of Mexico City. I mean, important to contextualize that all of Mexico City is, is built on a, on an old volcanic crater and the sort of low, uh, silted lake beds across that, that whole area, which is one of the reasons why it suffers so badly from earthquakes. It's not that earthquakes regularly strike Mexico City, but wherever they strike in the area, it then gets amplified into the city because of the, the nature of the, of the subsoil. And there's been lots of controversy around airports in Mexico City. The airport's currently right in the middle of the, uh, of the city, which is just untenable in terms of growth because it's a city of 20 million people and so on. So for a long time now, they've been looking at where else the site the airport, and this is like the one north of Mexico City now is like third choice, but every time that a digger goes into the ground, they, they disinter another remains of another mammoth in what seems to have been a kind of a mass death event. So you've got the surreal images now and photographs being taken of every digger being accompanied by, by an archaeologist. Um, so every, every bit of soil that gets scraped out then uh, somebody has to, has to check what's underneath it, and because the, the, it's an old military airport there, and the, the head of the um, the head of the military there has said that it, it's no problem because the project is so big that as soon as they find a mammoth, they just go and dig somewhere else. Amazing. Amazing. Now, uh, finally, uh, John, you uh, promised us a little feature here on uh, sporting icons to emerge from Latin America. And so well, we mentioned Faustino Aspria, who was so exciting to watch at, uh, at Newcastle's play there. But there have been loads more. Uh, and we're going to kick off with uh, Diego Armando Maradona, uh, footballing genius uh, and flawed human. What, what's, he, what's he doing these days? And I saw a documentary on TV where he was, uh, you know, managing, he's managed a couple of clubs, hasn't he? Um, what exactly appears on TV from time to time? Where is he at the moment, uh, Diego Maradona? Yeah, he's, he's back in Argentina. He's managing a, a little known first division side and he essentially sort of flits around. He appears on, he goes through periods where suddenly, you know, for a while he's very vi visible. He accompanies politicians around. He's on TV shows. Uh, he's in the press and then he'll sort of disappear off for six months. In fact, one of the 
um, one of the more regular bits of fake news in Latin America is um, uh, that Diego Armando Maradona has died again uh, through some kind of you know strange death, but then he emerges as being alive all over again. And actually, to be honest, in keeping with his life, it's actually really surprising that he's he's not dead because <laughs> I mean he's definitely lived life um, to the max, and I think that's one of the reasons why he is so revered and, and idolized and even regarded as a divine figure in Latin America and specifically by by Argentinians because he's got this kind of everyman component for sure, you know, rags the riches, he was born in, in poverty and so on, but his his tastes and his addictions have very much been um, at the forefront of his life, whether it's been in terms of his, his food addictions and obesity or his cocaine addiction. And then, of course, then you've got, you know, the sublime footballing genius, which UK... English audiences will be, you know, most well versed in the hand of God incident <laughs> yes. in 1986, which is, you know, almost certainly his most his most famous moment. But I think that really the reason why he sort of he would be regarded even more importantly, I- iconically, socially in Latin America would be, I mean, obviously compared to Pele, uh, you know, the two were voted uh, best players in the 20th century by FIFA. But Pele is kind of like a quiet, uh, honest. Um, serious man mm. whereas uh, Diego Maradona is a complete other end of that scale and delves into politics he's got tattoos of Fidel Castro and Che Guevara on on his body he regularly gets involved in in that and I think that also really attracts you know the man on the street to him in terms of uh, people thinking that that he's he's one of them but certainly I would say the standout you know sporting figure of Latin America bar none yeah, absolutely. Uh, although arguably, it should have been uh, Maradona um, rather than Pele that advertised uh, Viagra. He would have been a, a, be- a better advert for it all round, um, because of course the, there are uh, various. Every now and then, somebody will come. There are children. I was going to say somebody will come up with uh, a paternity suit against uh, Maradona. But as you say, an absolute genius. And after that uh, hand of God goal, we had the great bit of commentary from uh, Barry Davis in England where uh, um, Maradona just cut right through the uh, the English defence. And he said, that, you have to say, is uh, genius, which, of course, it was. Um, well, well, I like this. We'll look at another uh, icon, sporting icon from uh, Latin America uh, next week um get the rest of the news from the the continent too uh john thank you ever so much for joining us we do appreciate it no problem take it good man uh john bolfilio there joining us from uh, mexico we'll take a short break 